And so, um, obviously, we missed last week, but a couple um, weeks ago, we started our recenter um, series. And the thing that we wanted to talk about um, is, is getting back um, to some of the basics, right? And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because we drift. Um, and again, if you're anything like me, and I think that you are, I'm not, I'm not so different um, than many of you, we, um, we start off really enthusiastic about things and we, we begin to get off course, right? Other things um, catch our eye. Um, and, um, and before we know it, we, we've started off on a, on a good, healthy direction. And before we know it, um, we're off into things that aren't necessarily bad, but they're not necessarily of God. And, and I see this very often in recovery, right? I, I, what I love about recovery ministry and, and people in recovery is that the fact that we've been in such dark places um, and, and went through things, um, and not even in substance abuse, just relationships and that brokenness, right? Those things that, that we know, right, what that side looks like. And, 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 and we have this, this, this awe, this reverence for the things of God. Uh, we worship differently. We love differently um, because just that grace means so much to us, right? Uh, and so we start off so passionate. Um, but sometimes the brightest stars burn out the fastest. And, and so because of that, I think it's so much more important that we take time often to evaluate where we're at. And this is true for everyone in the church, but I think it's especially true for those of us in recovery because um, passions drive high. That's, that's often what drives us to such unhealthy, destructive behavior. Again, whether it's substance abuse or brokenness in relationships or, or those attitudes or strongholds, um, if we're gonna do something, uh, not only do we take our foot off the brake, we cut the brakes off and um, we soup up the engine and stamp on the gas, right? And we just burn everything down. And, and so we need, to, we need to see where we're at and we need to see where we're going. Um, I know uh, this past summer, right, we were, we were on a trip and uh, because I get so distracted, it's how we came up with the, the recentered thing that, that I would be going to a destination and um, I would just begin scrolling on the GPS and just, I would forget what I was doing, right? And, um, and be looking at things that are everywhere, be looking at the end of the journey, um, where I'm going and completely lose sight of where I'm at in the moment um, and how important it was to remain focused on the road, you know, and, and all of that. And, and that's really, again, a picture of what we do in our walks. And so we want to talk about recenter. A lot of this too is based off of Matthew 7, 13 through 14. It says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Only a few will ever find it. And, and so we, we do come into the things of faith and God and recovery and, and we think that um, it's broad, right? That we have to just do a couple simple things. We have to say um, some simple words and, and that's it. And we can go on living life the way that we were, right? And no change actually needs to take place. No type of repentance, no type of growth, no type of anything. As long as we raised our hand and we said the prayer, um, we, we don't have to actually surrender anything. But um, God's word says, you know, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, which is an authority, right, that we submit our lives to and surrender everything, then we'll be saved. But, but we think it's so broad, but th th it is narrow. Now, the beautiful thing about how narrow it is, I was in a conversation with some people um, just, just yesterday, actually, and they, they asked about this. And, and I said, it's not that it's perfect, right? It's not narrow because we have to be perfect. Um, it's narrow because we have to be surrendered, right? And, and that's where we get off. And, and we've surrendered at one point, but we begin to pick these things back up. It's all about our heart. Do we have a repentant heart? It's not about a perfect life. 
but it's about one that, that's all in for Jesus. And with our recovery, we have to be all in for Jesus. And outside of our recovery, we've got to be all in for Jesus. And that's the narrow gate. That's the narrow focus. So Jesus said that we could only come to the Father through, through him. How narrow is, is one person, right? The singular person of Jesus. And so we need to evaluate, is Jesus still Lord or have we picked something up, an old habit, an old ideology, have we begun to pick things up or, or is Jesus still Lord of all? Because he's, he's Lord of all or he's Lord of nothing. And it's, and it's very easy to lose sight of the, the person of Jesus as we make this journey, as we're on this walk, as we're, we're trying, right? And, and I'm not saying there's a lack of effort. Um, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes we're putting the effort in the wrong thing. Um, I had a, a friend recently, I journeyed with him through most of last year, and um, he, he prayed, and he, he wanted things, and he was doing so good, um, and then in, in some ways, God answered his prayers, and, and he, he found a wife, and um, he, he, he got a, a job, and he's doing the things that, that are blessings, and they're from God, but you know where he's not at anymore? In church. You know what he doesn't do anymore? Spend time in his word. And so these good things can become bad things when you're no longer doing the God thing, right? And, and it's so important here. It's so important what we do. Um, tonight's message is called this. It's called committing to the body. Um, committing to the body. When we talk about the body, we're talking about the body of Christ. When we're talking about the body of Christ, we're talking about the church. And I'm not talking about the, the four walls here or the leaky roof out there in the lobby. Um, I'm talking about more, right? And it's, it's so important that we commit to the body of Christ. The root word that's translated in the church um, is, is it's ecclesia. Um, and ecclesia never refers to a building. It never refers to a physical structure. There's not one example in our New Testament where what we translated into church is actually represent, um, referencing um, a structure. It's always referencing the assembly, the people. And so when I talk about committing to the body, again, I'm not talking about committing to a physical structure, but as we look around, we're the church. And when you look around here, we're Cedar Point Church. And we have the, the little church here we should commit to, but broadly to the, the church as a whole, right? To the body of Christ. And, and we have to do this. And it's so important, um, even for those that are outside of, of our realm um, of, of damaging behavior, and, and I look at my life and where I'm at today, I, I can't think, can't imagine ever having arrived to the place I'm at today. And I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm so much better off than I was. I, I can't imagine ever have finding my way here without you all. Um, I just couldn't. And it, I just, there's so much that we receive from fellowship um, and the support system here and the accountability and people that will look at you and say, you're, you're, you're failing here and I love you, but you can do better or, or celebrate our wins with this, right? I mean, how many of us need more people in our corner, right? The world out there is so against us and there's, there's so much that takes place, not within the building, but within the ecclesia, right? Within the assembly, within the, the group of people that, that are committed to our Lord Jesus. And as we come into recovery, right, we, we focus so much on, on these destructive behaviors. The very least we can do is put the same type of energy 
into, into the unity here, right? Unity in the body and growing together. I see so many people that um, have been in the type of lifestyles that uh, many of us have come from and we're so committed to, you know, our, our bros and our booze and our, our homies and <laughs> whatever that may be, right? And, and these broken people we journeyed with, um, but we won't commit to anybody that's healthy, right? And we, we isolate ourselves and, um, because they're weird or they talk funny or, or they tell us the truth, um, but we have to commit to it, right, and, and to lean into it. And so, again, it's committing to the body. Um, and so the most obvious place we do see that played out is here, right, in, in, in the building, in, in the structure. But it's not what it is. Um, the alarming thing is that our current culture is, is declining in this, that the church is. And so... Not only is addiction rising, not only are broken marriages rising, not only is abuse on the rise, but engagement in the ecclesia and the assembly is declining. I'm a stats guy, you guys know that. Um, and there's this, um, recently is the 1990s, 90% of Americans identified as Christians in 2023 have fell to just 63% as the religiously unaffiliated surged. Um, hearing that, it's, it's no surprise that um, addiction is so prevalent now. That um, as that number rises, church affiliation um, declines, um, and with all of that, that unhealthiness we see continues its steep creep into society everywhere. Um, even more shock, or um, and the younger you are, the less likely you are to consider yourself a Christian. I mean, look at what our kids go through today. The very least we can do is commit here and show them that there's a better way. That's what I wanted more than anything when I came into the church. Um, I had two kids at the time, and, and I was a single dad. And um, I was too dense and stupid to realize what God was doing. But, but he knew, and, and I was drawn here because this was the place that would teach my kids better than I could. It, it taught me too, right? It changed me. But, but it, it did so much for them, and, and, and our, our kids are pulling away, and, and we're indifferent about what takes place here, um, and we place everything. If we have time, if the leftovers, right, that goes to the ecclesia, the assembly, the people of God. When we're done with the, the softball moms and the soccer moms and the football dads, and as long as there's not a playoff game on, as long as it's not raining and there's a little bit of ice out there, right, then, then we can come and we can come be a part of this. What is it teaching our kids? And, and this, this is important. It's either important or it's not. And if it's not, we get the results that we have in our community today. Um, some key statistics for you. 20% of Americans attend church every week. Um, and, and realistically, that's as low as 8%. Um, people are liars, especially when you ask them a question of morality. And it's funny, like polls show 20% attend. Cell phone data shows it's actually 8. 8% of people, Americans, attend church every week. Um, 41% are monthly churchgoers, and that, that's every week, 8%, 41% are monthly, and this is of Christians, not um, just people in our community or in the country, and 57% seldom or never attend a religious um, service of any kind, and, and this has continued to decline, and it continues to decline, and it continues to decline, and it continues to decline, and, and, and we were once a place that was uh, a country that... that Man, centered ourselves on the morality of, of Jesus's teaching, right? Surrendered to the cross and the things of God. And, and when we were such, there, so much good came from, from all of this. And, and now we're post-Christian. And when it was once 
you know, the, the thing to say. I remember lying back in the 90s in grade school. I was embarrassed that I didn't go to church, so I lied about going to church. I've said this before. I'm pretty sure my kids, when I'm not around, they tell everyone I'm a drug dealer because they're embarrassed that I'm a pastor, right? They're like, no, no, my dad didn't work for church, right? He knocks over liquor stores. Um, because that's the, that's the world we live in now, right? That's the shift. And we become more indifferent. Us, right? Those that are supposed to be leading. And, and, and I think the problem is, we don't see the value anymore in our lives. And, and, and we did, right? At one point you did, you surrendered and you showed up here and this was a big deal. And for some of you, you're still in that season, right? And for you, I'm saying don't lose that. But for those of us that, that maybe have drifted to every other week or once a month, we need to get to that place where we are fully committed in this because it matters. And so tonight, I want us to look at three different truths concerning the church and why we should be engaged in it concerning all of this and why we should be engaged in it. Um, if you don't have your Bibles, um, you've got a cell phone, and I'm sure all of you do, get off of Facebook um, and go to the YouVersion Bible app. You can go to the events tab. We have our notes on there. Um, but we're going to be in Hebrews 10, 23 to start off tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, the guys in Live Free, we go over this passage like every single week, um, every week, because it's such a, a valuable thing. But it says this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Uh, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And so that's such a beautiful picture, right, of what we should do. We all need more people in our corner. We all need more people encouraging us to do what's right. Um, I know... Uh, Language has been a real struggle uh, for Miho over here um, and, and myself, if I'm being honest, right? Yeah, English. Uh, um, right, so um, me, me, Mike, and Adam have committed because we drifted on the way that we talk, um, and it's not healthy. Um, sorry to throw you guys under the bus. I'm throwing myself under there too. Um, so what are, what are we doing? We're encouraging each other. We're calling each other out. Why? Because we need to do that. If not us, then who, right? If not our brothers or our sisters within the church, who will look at us and say we're failing? And so what he's talking about here, he's saying, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises and let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, right? To, to hold each other accountable. And then he says this in the next passage, and let us not, say not, not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, for those of you joining us online because you couldn't get out in the, the rain, um, not talking about online service, Right? It's, I'm going to call you out that way, right? Unless you're just dangerous because your driveway was iced over, right? But that's what we think, especially in today's culture, right? We've got YouTube. We've got Facebook. Why show up here? I can do church in my living room. No, you can't. It, that's not what this is about. It's about the ecclesia. It's not about coming to a building. It's about fellowshipping with people who love the Lord, who are equally as broken as you, that will hold you accountable and encourage you to acts of love and good work. You can't do that online. You can't do that unless you commit to be here, right? And point number one is this, church attendance was never meant to be an option. It was never meant to be an option. This is, this is so much bigger the numbers and, and filling seats, right? And I, I love that. I love the seat filling. Why? Because it represents lives. It represents legacies. If we save one, man, we can save a generation if we can get them here. But, but it's never meant to be an option. It's never meant to be an option. And you may have to sacrifice to be here consistently. 
You may have to change your schedule at work. You may have to give up overtime. Good, good. Life isn't about that anyways. Man, it's about bringing glory to God, especially, especially as we struggle with our brokenness and honoring him in the things that we do and setting time aside to say, I'm going to be present even if it costs me something worldly, right? And, and we'll, we'll commit, we'll commit to, I, I've seen, man, I've seen the baseball moms. I'm not gonna have you raise your hands. You guys go to like 14, 14 tournaments a week. I don't even understand it. And you can't make a Sunday service. Can't make, you can't make a Monday recovery meeting. It blows my mind away. And guys, I mean, we, we, do, we do the same things, right? And, and we're so indifferent. We're so indifferent to this, to, to being present, and, and engaging in relationships. And we slip in the back. I see you guys in the middle there, Ryan. And no, I'm joking. Um, they, they do good. But we, we avoid the relationships and we avoid the engagement. And we wonder, we're like, I come to church. I tried that. It's not working. But you, you got to commit. Were you ever a part of the sim- assembly, the ecclesia, right? The gathering together. You've got to be a part. It's a family, right? It's a family. It's not a social club, right? It's not like we're going to Walmart here. We're engaged in the body of Christ, connected and intertwined for, for a greater work, not only within ourselves, but within our community, right? Carrying out the commission of God. And when we begin to do that, when we find our place, our purpose, the passion that God has deep within you, I promise you, those struggles and addiction, man, they, they, they change. It, it hits different. It doesn't hit as hard when you're a part of the body, when you're healthy in the things of God. It begins to transform all of it. And that's why, that's why here, man, it's all about Jesus, And I will unapologetically shove that down your throat and force feed it if I have to, because I believe it, right? That we cannot be free from the things of our past without the work of Jesus in our lives, without the work of Jesus. And so again, church attendance was never meant to be an option. I'm not talking about coming to a building, the ecclesia, the assembly. It was never meant to be an option, but we've made it one. We've become indifferent to what he's called us to do. Church attendance was never meant to be an option. If you would, turn to Colossians 2, 6, um, as we look at point number two. Colossians was written um, by the Apostle Paul, um, and he was the one that used to be Saul. And um, this, uh, in this letter, in verse um, 6, it says this, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. I want to stop right there, because I remember... Um, there's been a couple times I can look back on that I quote unquote got saved. And, and, I, and I did that. I, I committed, uh, <laughs> accepted Jesus, right? Like, oh, I'll follow Jesus. I remember the first time I was in this little church and it was kind of one of these things. I'm like eight years old. And I got presented basically with the question, you know, do you want to go to heaven with mom and dad or do you want to burn in hell forever? And I'm like, nobody wants to burn in hell forever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with my parents, right? I didn't know what it meant. Nothing about my life changed, right? Now I'm sure pretty sure that lots of us have been in that situation, right? We say some things we don't understand without context, and I mean, and nothing changes. And this is what happened. I did that. And so there was so much of my life that I wore the label Christian, a Jesus follower, but, but I wasn't. There's nothing about my life. There was nothing there um, that, that said so. There was no commitment. There was no understanding. Um, I just repeated something out of fear. And so when nothing in my life was different, right, there's no change, no relationship with Jesus. I wrote Christianity off. Well, that's just a bunch of crap. It's not real. It's not that it wasn't real. It's that the commitment I made was never real, 
The understanding was never real. There was never anything of substance there. And, and so and then later on, I did it again, but I didn't really mean it, right? It's just one of those things like, I don't want to go to hell. Like I understood at this point, like I don't want to go to hell as an adult. But that was it. There was no repentance. There was no turning away from anything. Um, but, but he says this again. He says, just as you accepted Christ, you must continue. Say continue. Continue to follow him. It, it's not just a moment in time. It's a lifestyle. Being a disciple is a disciplined follower, which extends beyond a moment, unless you just happen to die suddenly afterwards, like the man on the cross next to Jesus. If, if that's not you, and you're not in that scenario, your life tomorrow should begin a pursuit of him, an ongoing pursuit. And it's not one that where you're perfect, but it's one where you, you again, you seek after God daily, hourly, right? Often always, and you'll fall, and you'll fail, but when we go back to the gates, the hell is wide, but the path um, to, to Christ, to God is, is narrow, it, it's that heart. Where's your heart at? And, and when I understood that, it's not that I became sinless, it's that I tried to sin less, and, and again, I, I mess up. I could, I could spend hours up here telling you about all the ways I fail. You can talk to my kids. They will tell you all the ways that their dad does not look like a pastor, does not look like a man of God. I think one of them's probably shaking their head yes over here, one's staring at their shoes, pretending not to make eye contact with me, right? And they'll tell you. They'll tell you. So it's not that, it's not that I obtain perfection overnight, but it's that I want to. I, I want, I want to deep down inside for my life to, to be a picture of who Christ is and what he did for me. Now, I know this. I will never achieve that this side of heaven, right? God says he completes that work um, the day that Christ Jesus returns. And unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, we won't be here then, right? And then it comes into completion. But until then, it's a pursuit. It's a pursuit. And when we're on that journey, you will still struggle to pay your bills. You still may get sick. Loved ones will still die. Life will still suck. But you'll have a joy beyond joy. You'll have, man, a resolve beyond resolve, right? You'll face trials and you'll, you'll face disappointment in a way that you cannot fathom now. And God will begin a work on the inside where your spirit is regenerate. And you do, over time, begin to look more and more like him. And that is the beautiful thing. And it says, you accepted Christ as your Lord. Now you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. And I like that. You will overflow with thankfulness. I'm so thankful even now when I'm broke and I'm broke sometimes. I got six mouths to feed, right? Um, but, but it's so beautiful, and, and I love that. Your lives will be built on him. You know, Ephesians 2.20, it talks about Jesus being the cornerstone, this foundational block. Um, and and in, in this time when, when somebody would build something, there would be that corner zone, cornerstone. The, the whole foundation was laid to it, the entire structure set to it. And Jesus is supposed to be that, that, that everything in our lives, and when I say everything, I absolutely mean everything is set to the cornerstone of Jesus. The way you deal with your kids, the way you deal with your wife, the way you navigate recovery, the way you work your nine to five job that you can't stand should all be set to the cornerstone of Christ. And, and when we do that, our, our roots do grow deep down 
in him. And we, our faith does grow strong in the truth we're taught. And we do overflow in thankfulness, even in our struggles, but things change. But it takes us committing to the body. It says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And point number two is this. The church is a voice of truth in a world of deception, right? Right now, um, culture paints a picture of relationships that is not set to the, the cornerstone of Christ. Um, young kids today um, working out there, their work ethic is not set to the cornerstone of Christ, right? You go to one customer service counter and you will know, man, there is nothing about Jesus in that encounter you had with him. I'm just telling you, you, I've never wanted to punch some kids so much in my life as I do today when trying to deal with these things, right? It's a whole generation of brokenness. I'm gonna get off of that, but... Um, Everything is set to that. And, and the, the church is, is truth in all of this. You know what I love? And I love the local church. Um, I love what I encounter here. But I have, I've never encountered more people that are so honest with me and not propping me up. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. But people that tell me, you're missing it. You can't talk to your kids that way. You can't treat your wife that way. You can't deal with people out there like that. I, you, you, th- th- this is what God's word, I love that, right? It's truth. And there's so much confusion out there. And there's so much brokenness out there. The narrative is all messed up and all mixed up. And when we try to recover out there, and when we try to have healthy lives based upon that, right, which is, one way today and a different way tomorrow. I don't even know how you keep up with it. You'll never find stability. You'll never be healthy. But, but the church, right, is, is, is meant to be the image of Christ here presented to us today, right? It's his body. And it presents us with truth in stark contrast to the deception the world is spoon feeding us day in and day out. And, and so when we commit here, we encounter those things, as hard as they may be. And you may walk out of here and feel like you just got your teeth kicked in. But man, walk out smiling, toothless, knowing that you received truth and love. That, man, you faced harsh reality that life could be and should be different, but can be and will be better as you surrender to the things of God. Again, the church is a voice of truth in a world of deception, our assembly, our ecclesia, the body of Christ is meant to push back in a world of brokenness, to be a light, right? A beacon that draws people in to Jesus. Ephesians 3, 10 through 11 says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which is carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, use the church to display his wisdom. And we want to be indifferent to that. I mean, God's gift was Jesus to us. Jesus' gift was not only salvation, but his ecclesia, meant to mirror him day in and day out where we have an opportunity to be a part of his work here, to display his wisdom, 
to grow deep in the truth that we encounter through God's word and through his body. And when we surrender to those things, when you surrender to it, try to keep your life from being changed. Just try. Again, point number two, the church is a voice of truth in a world of deception. I want us to turn to Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, as we begin um, to close. It says this, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity, say unity, Unity in our faith, the knowledge of God's son that we will be mature. Say mature. We will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, again, I've seen people, I was one of them, that that tried to, again, be absent of all of this and grow in the things of God. But if we look, right, God's gifted us with, with individuals and positions within the body, and they're not perfect. Again, I'm, my position is on that list, and I'm not perfect, but, but to equip God's people, right? To build up the church, the body of Christ, so that we can be in unity, so that we can mature, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. How does the, the complete work take place when we neglect aspects of what God has given us? Right, if we're indifferent to some of it, or we don't place ourselves under the authority of, of what God's gifted us. Like, I, I look to Rick, right? My pastor, not just my friend, not just my boss, but my pastor, and he says things that I disagree with sometimes, but I'm under his authority by choice because it's godly and because it's right, and, and I need him. I need him to point out things that I'm too stubborn and oftentimes too stupid to see and to admit. And it's a gift God's given me. Rick is a gift. The, the people that, that we find here that tick you off and say things that you disagree with just because they, they're offensive to the way you live your life doesn't make them wrong. And if we want to mature, we have to submit and we have to surrender and we have to allow Christ's body to speak truth into us. I can't tell you, I cannot even, I could go back and I could spend forever pointing to all the people. I've, I've been on this journey here for 12 years. And again, you met me 12 years ago. If you were, if you saw that train wreck when I came here, it was bad. I can't even begin to point out all the people that, that told me hard truths along the way and pointed out things to me, how often I was told no how often I didn't get my way, how often I was offended and upset and this, that, and the other. And the only reason, not the only reason, but a big part of the reason that I'm where I'm at today is because I endured that. And we have to, but so often we wanna run away. We wanna be indifferent. We don't wanna engage. But it's, it's God's gift to us here. God's gift, and this will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed 
and blown about by every new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. And point number three is engagement in the church helps develop our spiritual muscles. Engagement here, consistency, involvement, right? Surrender. All of those things develop us. Um, the past years, as you guys know, I've talked about it. I've, I've been on uh, more or less a fitness journey with endurance. And uh, it's amazing. You know, at the, at the end of last year, um, I, I could literally go three and a half hours nonstop cardio. Um, I mean, I could swim forever, bike to Ulaga, come back and run for an hour. Insane. But then the holidays hit. I like to eat. Um, and I don't like the cold. Um, and, and so even though I've developed all of those things, um, as I get back in and I've, I've been going, you know, in January, the, the thought of doing what I was doing in October, it is unfathomable. It's like, that's, that's awful. I, what type of horrible person would even suggest such a thing? And, um, and it's like, oh yeah, that was me just a few months ago. But right, because one, not only did those things develop my muscles, but we don't stay there and, and we don't stay here in our walk, Right. You have to continue. There's no neutral. There, there's no parking. You don't just, you don't arrive and stay there. You keep growing in it or you're falling away from it. And when, it, with the things here, right, the, the connection to the body, the engagement in the church, it, it does stuff to us, right? It develops us, but you have to keep at it. You got to keep growing, keep being uncomfortable, keep pursuing. You can't become stagnant where your spiritual muscles begin to wither, shrivel up and die. And before you know it, you're, you're so off pace. You're so, so far into the woods that you're wondering what happened. But we gotta keep up with it. Again, point number three, engagement in the church helps develop our spiritual muscles. He continues in verse 15. He says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ who's the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I don't know about you, but that, that's, my, that's what I want. I want to be healthy. I, I want to grow. I want to continue to look more like Jesus. I want to be firm in, in my my resolve and my recovery. I want a good relationship with my kids. I want a strong marriage. And the things that I want are probably real similar to the things that you want. And in all of that, it starts with Jesus and it continues with his body, with the church, with a commitment. Again, engagement in the church helps develop our spiritual muscles. I want us to do this. I want us to close our eyes. I want us to bow our heads. I want us to spend a moment with God and I want, I want you to ask him, right? I can present truth. I can present God's word, but I can't pass judgment on where you're at. But you can, you can adamantly seek God and say, God, is there something I'm missing? Am I where you want me to be when it comes to your ecclesia? Is my level of engagement where you would have it? Is my, my attendance, my presence, Lord, where you would want it to, Lord, am I, am I in the right groups? Am I with the right people? Begin just to evaluate and ask God, Lord, reveal to me. I love Psalms 139 at the end, and it says, hey, search me, O God, 
Search me, oh God. Point out anything in me that offends you. And, and, and as you're just here tonight, do that. Just ask God, Lord, search me. Point out any area of my life in this, this area that's not where you would want it to be. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, to, to be in your presence, God, to have a relationship with you. Lord, and we thank you for the gift of your church, the opportunity, Lord, to, to be engaged in the things of God. Lord, to, to be in a place that is sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes difficult, Lord, to be in a situation where we're, we're told no, Lord, in, in things are pointed out to us that are hard to hear. Lord, thank you for that. It's in those moments that we grow. And God, I pray that you would help us to lean, lean into that more. God, to, to receive the truth in love. God, to develop those relationships, to flex and to build our spiritual muscles as we commit to your body. And Lord, I pray for those that are on the fence, Lord, that have yet to make that commitment. I pray that tonight would be the night, God, that, that you would just begin to minister to them right where they're at. God, that your Holy Spirit would deal with them, that you would reveal truth to them, that you would soften their hearts and begin to draw them in. God, draw them in. And we thank you, God. We thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for this gathering. Lord, we thank you for this ecclesia as a whole, Lord, and your church across the globe. Continue to grow us into unity under the authority of, of you, Christ Jesus. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So we've got some action steps for you tonight because we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word, right? You can hear a message, and, but if, if we don't, change anything. We don't submit, then nothing will ever change. Number one is commit to make the gathering with the church a priority. I just want to encourage you, six months. Be consistent for six months and see if God doesn't begin to move in your life. To endeavor to find your place and begin serving. Each and every one of us have a role to play in the body. Find your purpose and serve. And number three, invite others to be a part of what you're doing. You show up on Monday, invite somebody to come with you. Show up on Sunday, invite somebody to come with you. Go to one of our events, invite somebody to come with you. Life group, Bible say, invite people, right? We wanna to journey together. I don't know about you, but man, the more, the more people that are here, the better, the better, the better all of it is. I want as many broken people as we can get here. Right? That way, too, I don't look so messed up. So, um, but all of this, all of this starts with a relationship with Jesus. Right? If he's the head and, and we want to be a part of the body, we, we want to be committed to it, we have to submit to it. Right? My, my hand is submitted 
my foot is submitted. And, and so we need to become a part of the body by surrendering to him. And so if you're in here tonight and, and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, that's where it begins, right? Again, Romans tells us if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. And so tonight you have that opportunity. Here in just a moment, we're gonna have some people down front. They would love to pray with you and for you. And if, if tonight's the night that you're ready, you're ready to give it all to him, then we wanna encourage you to step out of your seat in just a moment and come down front and somebody would love to pray with you. If you're in here and you've done that, you've gotten off track, you've messed up, you've missed it, blown it, right? Drifted away and you wanna know, can I recommit? Absolutely. Same offer here in just a moment. We're gonna have some people down here at the front and they would love to pray with you and for you. And then maybe God's just been pressing, pressing on you about something and saying, you say that you're surrendered, but that's getting in the way. That's coming in between me and you, and, and God's just speaking to you about it. If, if that's you tonight, I want to encourage you to come pick up one of these white chips. There's nothing special about them. It's a piece of plastic, but when we surrender to him, when we let go of things, God, God moves. And so if you need to pick one of these up, I want to encourage you to do that. And then lastly, if you just need prayer, if you're in here tonight and you just want somebody to pray with you, we would love to pray with you. So for any of those things, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip or just to receive prayer, I wanna encourage you to step out of your seat and come down front. If everybody would, if you stand to your feet, we close in worship.